Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Well, today I want to talk to you about a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Um, just because I've, we've mentioned it, the songs that we've sung this morning have mentioned it. But I've titled this sermon, What's in a Name? Look at your neighbor and tell them, what's in a name? Shakespeare is the one that asked the question. Shakespeare said, what's in a name? And it's a good question. But here's something to ponder, something to think about. Did you know up until the 1100s, the year 1100, people only had one name? They were known as Frank the Builder, Brenda the Baker, and so forth. Or, or, or it could have been like this. The Bible, how they identified people were, for example, Abraham, the son of Terah, Joshua, the son of Nun, or David, the son of Jesse. You'll often see those instances in the Old Testament. That's how people were known, by their name. It, it identified the family they came from. And so, um, in this culture that Jesus lived, the names had significance. They were of importance, amen? Yeah. A child was to live out the name that he was given. The names had rich significance. But how our present world has changed that. How our present world, especially Hollywood, will often change the names of up-and-coming people. For example, it's no surprise that Stevie Wonder is a stage name. We've all heard of Stevie Wonder, one of my favorite singers of all time. But his, that's not his name. He wasn't born Stevie Wonder. Did you know that? His real name was Stevelyn Morris. Stevelyn Morris. Or how about John Roger Steffens, better known as John Legend. Bet you didn't know that. Or how about Peter Jean Hernandez, better known as Bruno Mars. Or, this I love this one, Thomas Mapather. And you're going, who? Better known as Tom Cruise. Thomas Mapather was his given name. Now that doesn't ring too well. Top Gun starring Thomas Map Mapather? It just doesn't flow. And then my favorite, Ricardo Valenzuela, better known as Richie Valens from the late 50s. Today, I want you each to consider the greatest name in the history of mankind. That is the name of Jesus. Yeah. Say that with me, Jesus. Jesus. Say it again, Jesus. Jesus. Say it louder, Jesus. Jesus. It's the sweetest name you'll ever say. It's the name with the most significance. It's the most powerful name. It's the greatest name. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. The Bible says, the Word of God says that God has given him a name which is above every other name. There is no other name to compare to the name of Jesus. I would invite you right now to turn to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 through 11. If you don't have your Bible or electronic device, we'll have it up on the screen for you. But Philippians chapter 2. Verses 5 through 11. I've often mentioned that when I first became a believer, I thought that was the book of the Philippines. That's what I thought it was. Until I learned how to pronounce it correctly. Philippians. Okay. I didn't know anything about anything. I still don't. But God is my helper. Amen. Starting in verse 5 of chapter 2. 
The Word of God says this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. I love those uh, set of scriptures there. And there's a whole bunch to package there, but I really want to concentrate on the name given to him. The name above all other names. You will not find another name like his. No matter where you go, no matter what culture you go to. In Spanish, it's Jesus. Jesus. Wherever you go, it's, it, it could be Yeshua. It could be a different variation of that word Jesus. But there is no other name higher than his. So I'm going to carry you through three points. My first point is the name of Jesus is supreme. It's the supreme name in the land. Understand this, that Jesus is the greatest name ever uttered. It's the greatest name ever uttered. You see, here's the thing. Mary and Joseph didn't give him that name. Mary and Joseph were his parents. And you would have thought they gave him that name. But if you remember the story, an angel came to Joseph. In fact, I believe we have that scripture, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. Let's put that up on the screen. The angel said to Joseph, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Another version, another place says his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us, but he shall save his people from their sins. That is the greatest name you will ever utter, the greatest name you will ever read. Jesus was given a heavenly name. The angels named him. I don't know about you, but I haven't run into anybody lately that was given a name by an angel or from heaven. That is the only name that you'll ever hear that was a heavenly name. Amen. Now in the history of the world, there have been many great men and women. We can talk about Beethoven, but there was also Mozart. We could talk about Plato being a great philosopher, but there was also Socrates and Aristotle. We could talk about LeBron James being the GOAT in our modern times, but let me correct you, there was Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time, in my opinion. On and on and on you can go, but there is, this isn't true with the name of Jesus. There's only one name, and there's nobody comparable to that name of Jesus. Give him a hand clap, because there's no other name that name should make you Shout you, you can write down that name of Jesus and you'll find that there's nobody that compares to it. Amen. That's why the Bible says again, God has given him a name which is above every other name. It is a heavenly name. It's the most important name. And it's a name that will meet every one of your needs. For believers, that name is supreme. Let me walk you through this and how he meets that need. 
To the artist, he is the fairest of 10,000 and the one who is altogether lovely. To the astronomer, he is the light of the world and the bright and morning star. To the baker, he is the bread of life. To the banker, he is the hidden treasure. To the builder, he is the solid rock and the chief cornerstone. To the farmer, he is the sower who went forth to sow. To the florist, he is the lily of the valley and the rose of Sharon. Now are you catching this? These are all scripture references to Jesus. To the gardener, he is the true vine. To the judge, he is a man without fault and in one whom there is no guile. To the juror, he is the faithful and true witness. To the jeweler, he is the pearl of great price. To those in government, he is the eternal king of kings. To the philosopher, he is the word made flesh and the truth of God. To the preacher, he is the word of God. To the servant, he is the good master. To the sick, he is the great physician. To the sinners, he is the suffering savior. And to the theologian, he is the author and finisher of our faith. There is no greater name under heaven or earth, amen? There is no greater name that you'll ever see. There's no other name that will meet your needs on a daily basis. The question for you today is this, have you entrusted everything in your life to that name, the name of Jesus? Have you entrusted every area of your life, your job, your family, your children, your grandchildren, I mean your neighbors, the ones that park in front of your space all the time, roll out their garbage cans in the middle of the night and leave them out there for two or three days. Have you entrusted them to Jesus? Have you entrusted yourself to Walmart every time you go shopping into that store and walk into that store and say, Lord, bless me right now and take care of me. May I come out the same? Back to I can't help it, Andrew. <laughs> Jesus is the answer, amen? amen? Jesus is the answer to every area of your life. He's the answer to every question. He's the solution to every problem. No matter what you face, He is there for each of you. The name of Jesus has to be spoken. It has to be declared. By the way, though, here's the flip side of that. Did you know that Satan himself, the enemy of our soul, also knows that the name of Jesus is powerful to save, powerful to overcome, and so he tries to twist that name. What do I mean by that? People, unbelievers typically, but not always, use that name in a profane manner versus a, a manner how we would use it to worship him, to worship the King of Kings. Have you noticed that Satan has used this name for years and years? He can't resist that name. He, he, he hates it. So he's tried to turn it into a profanity for years and years. When a person hits his finger with a hammer, boom! He doesn't say, oh, Mohammed! Or Buddha or Confucius. Why do they say the name of Jesus? and go on and say it in a profane manner. They don't mean it in a godly manner when they're hitting their hand or their thumb. And I know that, I've, I've done that. I, I don't shout the name of Jesus. I say, thank you, Jesus. I've learned to do that. Thank you, Jesus. I learned something in that moment. Amen? But, but we use that name in a profane way in our culture. 
And, and, it, and it saddens me when I hear that, because you hear that all the time well, in the workplace. You'll see and hear people using that name in a, in a profane way. That was not the way that name was designed to be used. That name was to be used to be lifted up, to, to worship, amen? Have you ever thought about this? That the very people who are declaring that name as a profanity will one day say that name. They will kneel down and they will confess the name above all other names. Amen. They're going to do that in this life or the next life. But it will be too late for them. Because the Bible says every knee shall bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. And we will confess the name of Jesus at that time. My second point today is this. The name of Jesus is powerful. Say that with me. The name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus, power. the name of Jesus has the power to save. How many are like me that would say that you never thought you would be in a church building on this Sunday worshiping the Lord? I mean, based on how you grew up or your background. That was me. I know that's the same for some of you as well. You never ever would have thought you would find yourself in a church house much less preaching or singing or doing whatever it is that you would do. But let me remind you what it says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Acts chapter 4. Salvation is found in no one else. For no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There is no other name under heaven. That is the only name that saves. You can look all, all day long to Dr. Phil. He can't save you. You can look all day long to, to Muhammad, to Confucius, to Buddha. Those names don't save you. Amen? Only the name of Jesus. Understand this. Understand this. The name of Jesus will save you. It will save your relatives. It will save those that are still lost and don't know Christ. How many have relatives or family members that still don't know the love of Christ? that have not received Christ into their heart, into their spirit, to their soul, that one day uh, they could be in heaven. We all have family like that. And that's why it is your prayer, your prayer that should be lifted up and saying, Lord, heal them, save them. The name of Jesus can save them, amen? That should be your daily prayer and lifting up these family members. Because the Bible goes on to say in Romans chapter 10, and we're all familiar with the scripture, Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone. And I looked up that word in the Greek. My sister Brenda knows what I'm going to say. And everyone in the Greek means? Everyone. Everyone, exactly. <laughs> everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When they begin to call on the name of the Lord, I, I still remember, you know, years ago when I was 24 years old and someone came knocking on my door and you've heard the story and it was my Uncle Jimmy and I didn't, was not serving God, was not living for God and he's dressed up in a three-piece suit holding a Bible and I'm going, that's not my Uncle Jimmy. I didn't, never seen him in a, in a suit with holding a Bible. He was the complete opposite. We would, okay, I won't bore you with the details. And so I said, come in, I gotta hear this. I mean, I was interested in this. And, and the point of that is, from that day forward, I began to call on the name of the Lord. He planted a seed in here at that age that years later took effect. And, and um, the, the main part is, I began to call on the name of the Lord. Yes, 
and he saved me. The Lord saved me. Amen. Amen. Now, just as powerful as the Lord can save you and I, Jesus also has the power to spoil the works of the enemy. And what do I mean by that? I don't have this scripture for you on the screen, but Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15, the Bible says that after Jesus was crucified, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In other words, he defeated, he spoiled the plan of the enemy. See, the enemy thought he got Jesus good up on the cross. What he didn't realize was he just shook all of hell and heaven right there that same day. There was a great earthquake, the Bible says. The temple veil ripped in half. I mean, there was now access to Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. All because of what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus came to spoil the works of Satan, to destroy the works of Satan. And now because you have his spirit in you, you now have the power to spoil the works of Satan. How? By prayer, by being in his word. That is how you destroy the works of Satan around you. On another occasion, talking about the power of God by the name of Jesus, Jesus commanded 70 disciples to go out and preach the word and to cast out demons. He told these 70 disciples, see, a lot of people have this mistaken impression that it was only Jesus casting out demons. On this particular day, he commissioned 70 disciples, go out and, and teach the word and cast out demons. And then they came back to him and said, Lord, we're amazed that at the name of Jesus, we were able to cast out demons just like you. And what that tells us is that you and I can do the same thing in our present day and age, amen? Because of the name of Jesus, we have the power to spoil the works of Satan in the name of Jesus. Even the demons were subject to his name, the word of God says. You see, the, the name of Jesus has the power to save, it has the power to spoil the enemy's plan, but it also has the power to meet your needs. Today, each of you came from different walks of life. You're all facing different challenges. There may be family issues. There may be financial issues. There may be a whole set of circumstances that you're facing right now. But Jesus has the power to meet that need. How many believe that today? Amen. Amen. Four and verse 19 on the screen. This is a scripture, if you have a Bible, that you should have underlined, that you should have highlighted, that you should try to memorize. Why? Let's read this. And my God, let's read this together if you have it. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. What does it say? He'll meet all your needs. Well, I want a fat bank account and I want a brand new Corvette. Well, is that a need that you have? That's a desire that you want. That's different. Make sure you distinguish between a need and a want. Okay, a need is, is what do I got to eat? Do I have provision for my family? That's what a need is. God Almighty will always provide for you. He will never leave you without food. He will never leave you hungry. Amen? He will always provide for you. Now, if you're blessed enough to be able to get that Corvette, God bless you. Give me a ride someday. Amen. Um, on and on and on. Let's go. He is going to meet that need as long as you pray to him and trust in him. 
There is power in the name of Jesus. You know, one of the things that we have to also understand is that at the end of a prayer, I've heard prayers said many different ways. There's no right way to say a prayer. There's no wrong way that you can say a prayer as well, but we don't just say at the end of a prayer, in Jesus' name, or in the name of Jesus, as if by saying that little verse, that's the magic portion of the, of the prayer that makes it effective. No, 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 you're missing the whole point if that's why you say that. When we say in the name of Jesus, Jesus, what we're really saying is that all the promises, all the power in that name are bestowed upon that prayer. Amen. That's what we're really trying to say in a nutshell. The power, authority, and promises of Jesus are contained in that prayer. And it's His power. It's not you anyways that make that prayer come to, to fruition. Amen? Yeah. There is power in the prayer when you declare it in Jesus' name. He has the power to meet and supply all your needs, whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you're going through. And if you have that need, present it to Jesus. Come to Him in the name of Jesus with power and authority and the promises of His Word, and He will meet that desire that you have. Amen? Amen. Now, the name of Jesus has a supreme position. It's the name above every other name. It's the power to save, to spoil the works of Satan, and to supply every need. Amen. Now, the third thing is, the name of Jesus is to be declared. You can't just, there's something about Jesus, the name of Jesus, you can't just whisper it. You have to shout it, you have to say it, you have to declare it. And, and there's power when you declare things. Every parent in here, when you got mad or when you wanted to get the attention of your children, you didn't say, Hey, Raquel. No, you shouted that name. Hey, Raquel, I'm talking to you. Or however it was that you said that child's name, especially if they were in trouble, you didn't just say, hey, um, Christian, get over here. You yelled out that name. I'm not the only parent. Come on, parents. You know you did that. Amen. There's something about emphasizing a name when you want to get that attention. And, and, and our God is the same way. You want his attention? You begin to cry out the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, he's gone. That's, that's Irene. She's calling me right now. I really got to pay attention right now because she has something on her heart right now. You see, he hears our cry. Our cry. He hears our, our need. He sees the tears. And he's in tune to you. Amen. Amen? Amen. Jesus is the name to be declared. The sermon text that I read out of Philippians declares that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. One day we are all going to have to do that. Sinner or saint. We, we choose now, right? We choose to do it now in this world. But one day we're going to be in heaven. And this is what I can't wait to hear. And the sound will be deafening. I mean, I've been in, in, in some game, uh, sports events Giants, Giants games, 49er games, and the sound of the crowd, 50,000 people, deafening Niners, Niners, Giants, Ra Raiders, whatever your flavor is, Warriors. but <coughs> Warriors, <laughs> but it will not compare 
to the sound in heaven that we will all hear one day when we get to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Nothing will compare to that day, man. The sound will be deafening. It'll be like the ocean waves crashing onto the beach of just praise. And if that doesn't get you excited, you need to be in church more often. <laughs> you need to be reading your word because that's what's going to be happening in your eternity in heaven. If that doesn't sound appealing, I'm sorry for you, but you better get used to it because that's what we're going to be facing in heaven is Jesus, Jesus. We'll all come together and shout praises of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. As I close today, every one of us, saint or sinner, as I declare, everybody's tongue will declare that name, Jesus, and will utter the words, Jesus is Lord. Everyone who has passed, when you think of every evil person that ever existed, they will declare Jesus is Lord on their knees, the Bible says. They will declare it. I choose to declare it here on this side of eternity. I choose to say, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Because Amen. again, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. But there's going to be two different scenes in that day. As I mentioned, one group of people will profess his name and utter his name in complete joy. And the other group will be forced to utter it in sorrow and in loss and in grief, in death of separation forever from God and their loved ones. So I suggest to you, start now. Start now. Start praising the name of Jesus. If I can have Bianca come up as we close. Why don't you start right now? And let's stand here together as we close. And say this with me, these three words. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And now close your eyes and just say that with me. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Amen. But not only should we say that and declare it, we need to live it in our life. It's so important that your life reflect what you believe. Especially with children and grandchildren. They're looking up to you, parents. They're looking up to you, grandparents. They're looking at you. Oh, that's the Jesus you serve? Okay. That's what you're teaching them. So I pray today that, that Jesus would get into your heart, into your spirit, and speak to you today. Let your lives be a testimony that Jesus is Lord, that He is your Master, He is your Savior, He is the name above all other names, and that you have respect for that name, that you will reverence that name, and you will teach your children and grandchildren that as well. Because if you don't do that in this life, on the last day of their life, they'll have to profess that. Amen. Amen. So there's a song that I had asked Bianca to sing, and some of you know this song. It's an older song. How many love old songs? I mean old songs. And this is just a real simple, simple chorus. And uh, the song is titled, There's Just Something About That Name. There's just something about that name. And I want to invite you right now, if you want to come up and you need prayer, let this song minister to your heart. Let these words minister to you today. But 
I want you to just reach out and just you and God, you and God right here in this room, you and God, and focus on these words as, he's, as he ministers to you. So if you're not familiar with this song, the song will be up on the screen, the words. Follow these words and then just let and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now. I believe he wants to remind you today how much he loves you. How much he still has a plan and a purpose for you in your life. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.